and welcome back to the biggest and best podcast there is, the UOG Men's Rugby Podcast. Today we are back doing online Zoom calls for a little bit, just for a few weeks. We're not in the studio today, but on the other end of the phone is Charlie. How are you, mate, doing, mate? Hello, I'm good, mate. It's uh, irritating to be back on Zoom again. Lovely lockdown, but we'll make of it what we can. This one's technically my fault because I think we could be in the studio if my housemates didn't all have COVID, so I'm stuck in Manchester. But hopefully in the next few weeks we'll be back in the studio and we can bounce off each other again and we can have Tommy as well because Tommy will be joining us a bit later on to talk about our usual nosy stuff at the end of the podcast and we'll have the quiz. But we've also got a guest today. Sorry, I was just going to say this is a great elaborate plan just to get rid of Tommy by doing it on Zoom. Yeah, it is. It means we don't have to deal with Tommy. We don't have to see him. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah um we're going up in the world we've got another professional guest i don't know why these people keep agreeing to come on this um especially i couldn't is this one doesn't even doesn't have any connection to the uni but we've got jamal ford robinson of gloucester rugby coming on the podcast today he's kindly agreed to chat to us about life rugby and all sorts to be honest see how see how much knowledge we can get from him but First of all, just a quick chat about uni rugby. Um, unfortunately, Charlie Bucks has been cancelled for the year, so that's not great, is it? No, not great, but not a great surprise in the other sense that it was looking unlikely due to the state of cases going up, deaths going up. So yeah, we'll try and keep it light. Um, but yeah, it was just it, it's a shame, but in the grand scheme of things, at least we've got our health. You can say. Yeah, very true. Which means yeah. all your third is going to have to be doing a fourth year now, doesn't it? Quite possibly. To, you know, Otherwise, your last depends if there are any jobs. Yeah. Otherwise, your last game of for uni would have been not. You wouldn't have been the last game of last year, would it? Because you didn't play that. No, it was a Southampton game actually. Uh, at least you finished with a draw for the threes. Captain, mate, captain, go out behind. <laughs> you should. You should definitely never come back. Retire. Yeah. So is is there anything else that's happening in uni life? I feel like there isn't. Oh, uni life. All those third years have got this rush of trying to sort out final year projects and disses, which is fun. interesting to try and work out at the moment because, well, I'm trying to interview loads of people, but considering they're in lockdown, they don't seem to respond to me, which is very nice. But, is that um, just, just says something about you? Yeah, probably. They probably just look at my picture and think, oh, he looks a bit, bit of a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, it's all right. Yeah, I, I had the issue bad. last year, but yeah, we've got um, finally having a Zoom social tonight, which will be fun. Indeed, good to have them back. Ta- ta- taking the social sex a bit too long to get them going, but we won't talk yeah. about that. Um, well, we'll be, we had we'll be, a... yeah. Yeah, so you talk about the social sex being incompetent. A message in the committee chat this afternoon about... Um, 3.20 from you and saying what time to Zoom tonight and then one of our social sex oh god yeah I forgot about that <laughs> so I won't name him but sort yourself out lads anyway well it can only it can only be one of two then can't it yep there's only two <laughs> social sex so. anyway enough of us waffling we'll be getting Jamal on now so see you in a bit Lush. I'll pause her so Jamal Ford Robinson welcome how are you Good, you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Just keeping busy. We're obviously not really allowed back at uni yet, so trying to yeah. 
keep busy, but there's not much you can be doing. So obviously, the first question to you is the Premiership's been got a two week break now with Europe um, postponed. So how are you keeping busy at Gloucester? You boy, you obviously you just mentioned you're off this week, but what you'll be doing to prepare next week with a weekend off in between? Yeah, so I think every club's treating it a little bit differently. Um, we have uh, chosen to take the week off. Um, so the gym's still open if we want to go in. Um, there's, there's still um, rugby sessions and like conditioning sessions there if we if we need it, but it's, it's all kind of optional. Um, and then we're looking to get back together on uh, Monday, train for that week, obviously with no game on the weekend. And then um, obviously back into the Prem the following week. How tough has this season been so far? With it kind of being all stop starting, not really knowing what's going to happen every other every every week. Um, to be fair, this season's been um, it's been alright. To be fair, um, last season was very odd, obviously because we had that break in between, um, and it was like <laughs> I still remember when when COVID was first a thing. Um, we had a message was like, stay away from the club for two weeks and we'll <laughs> assess the situation after that. Um, and that was obviously in like March and then obviously we're, we're, we're then away for about three months or something like that. So, um, so yeah, last year was, was last season was very disjointed, but to be fair, this season has been pretty smooth. Um, obviously we're in getting COVID tested every week and um, obviously relying on our, on our, our own results and, results of other teams as to whether our game goes ahead on the weekend. Um, but we haven't had any, any uh, cancelled games so far. So it's been pretty much like any other season so far. As a team, well, what are you th- oh, sorry. On, I was just say, what, Jamal, what are your thoughts on the, um, the system the Premiership are using this year with uh, <laughs> the postponed games and the cancelled games? Because I think, I think it's quite fair that Gloucester uh, at the bottom of the table at the moment, because you have no games cancelled, yet that you're somehow there because of all the cancellations? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I try and see, I try and I try and look at it without like Gloucester glasses on, right? Yeah. Because I think, uh, to put it bluntly, if we were better, we wouldn't be where we are, right? So we, we part, of, part of us being at the bottom is, is we're just not playing good enough. Um, in fact, a large part of that, if not all of it, really. Because um, if you're winning every week, then, you know, a few cancelled games doesn't really mean anything. Um, but I, I I, would question the uh, the system that's in place. Um, I just think that, you know, fair enough, if, you, if, you, if you're going to give points to uh to you know the team that didn't have the covid cases so you know they they've stayed clean they get the points for that win so they get the four points but i think to to have to pull out of a game because of of your covid cases and then still receive two points just to me doesn't quite sit right um and and that's not to say that you know the the, the any of the players or the club are to blame for having to pull out, you know, if you, if you get COVID, you get COVID, it, it is what it is. Um, but you look at how many games end with 
like six points either way. So, you know, whether it's a 5-1 or a 4-2, how many teams walk away from a, from a, a game having lost and walk away with two points? It's, it's very difficult. Um, I alluded, I alluded it, alluded to it uh, in a tweet I put out last week was that um, that Bath Ross game it was like ninety points scored or whatever it was. It was mental, probably one of the you know better games you'll see this season. Yeah. Um, and Bath walked away with it with only one point. And you think like, you know, you've put so much effort into that game, put on like a great advert for Premiership rugby, um, and you've got one point out of it, and then. Another team, um, I, I won't name names, but another team has had another team has had two weeks off, back to back. So, and and they've got four points out of it. So they've had two weeks off. Their bodies are rested. You, you know, you think our normal our normal off season is five weeks. So let's say you've had like basically half of an off season off in the middle of the season, which is gonna like for the guys that are playing every week. They're like they're just loving that, you know. What I mean, you can just relax. I'm sure they're still training, but um, you know, it's it's definitely a a massive toll off the body, um, and you get four points for it, um, which just doesn't, yeah, doesn't doesn't sit right. Yeah, obviously, there's some clubs who haven't will have not played for four or five weeks by the time the Premiership comes back. Do you think they could have done something about? either playing games that have been cancelled this weekend or maybe even bringing them forward? Um, potentially, and I'm, I'm sure they've looked at that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm definitely not going to say what they should have done because I have no idea. You know, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. It's, it's. I'd imagine it's, it's been very stressful for the guys making decisions. Um, and I'm sure that's something they, they looked at. I, th- I think, I think, yeah, potentially there is an argument you say you could replay some of those cancelled games, um, but then again, I don't. I'm not aware of any hurdles that might have got in the way of that. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see why why people would suggest that would be a, a good thing. Yeah, so, kind of just going back to yourself and like your career path personally, it's kind of a bit of a different one to the most top players in the Premiership. Your journey to the top has been a bit different starting at Cambridge so kind of how did you get into rugby from a young age and then your way to the top as well um yeah I'm glad you mentioned Cambridge because most people forget about that one um because because of how weird my my journey has been so I played um as a kid down in Cornwall um played all the kind of local junior club mini rugby whatever you call it um and then when I was 16, I think it was, I was kind of um, starting to look at what academy to go into. So obviously at the time it was Exeter um, with like the local one being from Cornwall. Um, but they were also in the championship at the time. Um, how hindsight is a, a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they were in the championship at the time. Um, and my mum uh, kindly acted as my agent at the time and, sent some emails out to basically all the premiership clubs and was like, yeah, my, this is what, you know, this is my son. Um, this is what he's done so far, which is like obviously nothing, but like played a couple of County games. Um, a couple of teams got back to me and I ended up going on, on trials. Um, ended up having a choice between Leicester, Bristol and Exeter. 
Um, and again, hindsight is a lovely thing. Um, Leicester at the time were, you know, like the unstoppable force. They'd, they'd won everything, you know, but they were just unbeatable. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's an easy decision. Um, I, I went to Leicester. Um, didn't have the best time there, to be fair. Um, it, it's definitely helped. Um, it's definitely helped me in my career in terms of getting to where I am now. But my actual time at Leicester wasn't the best. I wasn't playing that much because um, there was guys ahead of me that were kind of like playing uh, England at the 16s or under 18s. Um, and they were just just better than me. Um, played around with a few different positions as well. Uh, nothing really worked out. Um, and it kind of got to the point where I just decided that I, I just wanted to get back to loving the game again because I kind of fell out with fell out of love with it. Um, and that's when I went to Cambridge. Um, and I went there because Craig Newby, who was a player at Leicester, had just retired and had joined Cambridge to be their forwards coach. Um, so he said, oh, if, if you're... I actually went home for, I think it was about a month. Um, and he said, oh, if you're still without something, come to, to Cambridge. Um, so off I went up to Cambridge. Um, and then, yeah, just loved, loved my time there. Ended up playing uh, pretty much every week. I think I played 30-odd games in my first season, which is like mental um, for what I'd been used to. Um, and then... Yeah, kind of went on from there. If you want me to, if you want me to carry on, I don't know. But that, <laughs> so, that was, uh, yeah, you that's went the to, early days. Went to pirate, went to pirates from Cambridge. So, to making a step up to the championship. So, what did you feel that step up from Cambridge to pirates, or was it kind of an easy step for you? Um, I, no, it was pretty difficult. Um, in terms of like the not so much for me personally on like the physical side, but just how the rugby's played. Um championship's very physical. Um in terms of the site the guys that you come up against, you know, in that too with Cambridge, obviously everyone's kind of part time. So people are doing their own thing, their own jobs. Um and then, you know, they're playing rugby on the weekend. Whereas championship, you've got some of those guys are full time. Um so that means, you know, you, you're getting bigger people because they're on a full-time gym program and they're more well-drilled, that kind of thing. Um, and it's kind of the same every every step up you go. Um, the kind of thing that's consistent when you go up a league is it's like how how much you get punished for small errors. Um, so that's the thing with the premiership is you can make like one small mistake, whether it be like a knock-on in a crucial area or you miss touch with a kick. And you just get punished for it. You end up like back under your sticks, or you know, conceding three points or something. Um, and that was, you know, similar with that transition from from that two to the championship. Is that you just kind of get punished for small things? Um, for me personally, if you ever like switch off for a second in a scrum, you're getting done over. Um, things like that. Um, obviously, you've enjoyed success in the championship with Bristol as well, as well as playing for. Pirates and there was a lot of chat in like the rugby circles last year, particularly about how important the championship is to the progression of the game in England and how many of like the current England squad have played in the championship. So, do you think it was vital and key to your development as well as the game and in a whole as a whole? Yeah, I think for me it was it was definitely um, 
definitely crucial in, in getting me back to where where I am now. I, I don't think I would have would have got back to being in the Prem if it wasn't for, you know, having the championship there to to be a, a decent platform in which to, you know, kind of um hone a few more of my skills and be ready to make that jump to the Prem. Um and, and like you said, you can see that in the England squad and even just a lot of the premiership squad, a lot of guys have had um experience in the championship at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Um so to see kind of where the championship's at at the moment is is a shame. Um but again trying to look at it from from just from more than just my perspective, I, I can fully understand why why we're looking at an alternative. Um because you know there's a, not a the 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 drop off from you know viewership and income and all that from the premiership to championship is massive. Um and whether it's it's at the end of the day everything's a business these days and whether it's financially viable to to keep playing a lot of money into it, I don't know. Again, I'm not I'm not at the top making those decisions and, and I'm very thankful that I'm not. I just get to play. Um but I can I can definitely see why they're looking at um alternatives and they're they maybe I don't know what's what's going on, but I know before there was chat of um, you know, like this A League thing that used to happen on the Monday night, expanding that into a proper league. Um, so you've essentially got your kind of guys that you would consider to be prospects going for the Prem to play in, in that in their own full um, league. Um, yeah, again, it, it, was, it, was, it was a big part of my, of my uh, career and, and a lot of guys' career, I'm sure, in the Premiership. But um, yeah, I can see why there's, there's differing opinions. Yeah. Outside of club rugby, you've represented England on in two different capacities with England counties, as well as for the against the Barbars at Twickenham. So, how are both of those experiences kind of pulling on the England shirt? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously the the full cap has avoided me. Um, so, the the, <laughs> yeah, the closest I got is that is a twenty minutes against Barbars, and then uh, I was lucky enough to go out to Argentina and hold a pack. For, uh, for three weeks, so that was cool. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the England counties as well. Um, again, it's it's kind of like similar vibes to to how I have about the championship, and that like again, it's it's it was an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, that year, I did the um, England counties twenties, um, where Georgia came over here, and then. Um, I think it was like the next week or the couple of weeks after went with the men's team when we went over to Georgia. Um, and again, yeah, it's just like awesome, awesome experiences. And um, just, you know, to be able to do something like that um, in being part of like a part-time club, you know, you're just training Tuesday, Thursday, playing Saturday. Um, and yet you, in some capacity, still get to represent your country and, and have a, go on an international tour is it was um yeah it, it was pretty wild um yeah I, I loved it um but obviously uh yeah playing playing against the barbars was 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 the big one for me yeah twickenham yeah obviously away from um rugby you've got a couple of interests we mentioned twitch just before we started recording. So how did you kind of get into that 
and get into the stream and how much of a like a nice distraction is that of getting away from the pitch and the rugby environment um well i kind of got into it just because i've i've always played um games video games um just since forever um and i just thought i'd give the twitch thing a go because i'd watched a couple of people on there and and um thought oh, how hard can it be obviously um so so i um yeah fired it up one day uh, i can't remember i think maybe two maybe three years ago now um um and yeah just i'm a, I'm a i live my life in phases it's something i've discovered recently so i went through a phase of just doing it all the time like every day i was just on there and I was like, oh, this is not sustainable because I'm going to bed at like 1 a.m. This is probably not good for rugby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then scaled back on it a bit. Um, picked up again since lock- uh, when lockdown started. Um, but yeah, I mean, mainly it's it's something, it's something that's just like, hasn't it hasn't really, when I stream, it's not really any change for me. You know, I, I play games all the time anyway. Um, and... I like interacting with with people and that's like part of the core of of streaming on Twitch as well so yeah, I, I like it and do, do you, oh, go on sorry go on, I was going to say do you think it's important for rugby for the players to kind of promote their personality and character more to the world because rugby's probably quite lost in terms of promoting its characters compared to the likes of football but we've seen recently you've got like Maro Toje he was on the cover of Ralph Lauren or something like that into his fashion and you've got Benio Obano making documentaries do you, do you think that's important to really push to take Rupi forward um yeah I do I, I think I think like I said I'll probably say it a bit more bluntly but on the whole a lot of people are, uh, are pretty boring um <laughs> whether that's whether that's who they are as a person or whether it's just like that's just what you see of them because I think um for a long time that kind of rugby is that kind of been that it's the game for gentlemen and you know there's there's nothing else to it you just you just get on you do your job and you leave that kind of thing um where i think like you said now there's there's you, you're seeing a bit more of the character of people that play um and i think that i i, I can't see a negative to that you know um it's. I think it's good for fans. I, I, I'd imagine. I can't imagine why fans would would dislike it because you know you get to um, see a bit more the the person behind the uh, head tape and twenty one mil studs, um, and and then obviously from a player's point of view, it might set up things post rugby as well. You know, like so, like like you mentioned, Mario is probably the prime example. You know, he's got endorsements coming out of Asshole, so you know he's he's happy. Yeah. You mentioned the characters. You got yourself into TikTok over lockdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. How, how how was that for kind of growing yourself and growing your following? Uh, yeah, that was an interesting phase. Um, I, I downloaded it because I was bored, and then it soon again lived my life in phases. It soon consumed my life and. <laughs> not having training i was actually just getting up first thing i do is like right what what what's the latest trend on tiktok that i could rip off and um, put some goggles on and copy it um but but that actually was it was it was quite interesting seeing how um 
that the responses I was getting to that was really good. And especially like after kind of after the first lockdown, I had like a lot of people saying, you know, thank you for, you know, making me smile so much um, during some of the hard times, which, you know, it, it was, I won't lie. It wasn't my, it wasn't my like intention going into it. You know, it wasn't downloading TikTok. I was like, oh, I'm going to make everyone smile. Um, but yeah, people appreciated it. Um, and, and it did, it did do, um, did do quite well for my, my brand, I guess, or my following as a whole. You know, I think I gained like 2000 followers on Instagram, um, within a couple of months because of dancing around like a twat. So yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Yeah. And another thing that's kind of a little bit unique for a rugby player like, is you were in, into wrestling, doing a lot, did a lot of wrestling yes. in between while you were at Cambridge. So how, first of all, how did you get into that? And secondly, what was it like for you? Uh, again, wrestling something I've always been into. Um, kind of fell out of love with it a little bit recently just because... Um, it's just not been as entertaining to watch without crowds there. Um, but yeah, something I was always, I've always watched. Um, and I can't remember where I saw it, um, but I saw something on Twitter about it. It was this company um, called Progress Wrestling, and they were having their first ever event in London. And there was a lot of hype around it. Um, so I ended up going along. And I can't remember um, if it was after the first one or the, I think I went to like the first five. I think first five events that they held and I can't remember which one it was, but at one of them I'd, I'd met the, um, met the owner um, of the promotion because he don't know how I managed to wangle this, but he, he was like, he's a, he's a standup comedian. Uh, Jim Smallman, his name is, he's like one of the, I think he's one of three or one or two at the time. Um, and he was from Leicester and I was like, Oh, I, I, Played for Leicester Academy. I was like, yeah, this is my this is my link. Definitely a relatable link. Um, so yeah, just got talking. Um, and he was like, Oh, yeah, you know, like he's a real sound guy. Um, was like, Oh, have you ever thought about giving it a go? You know, you got like the build for it. Um, and you're used to taking, you know, hits. So like bumping on a map shouldn't be too hard for you. Um, so you should come down, and give it a go. So I went down, they had a they had a it's called Projo. Um, their, their wrestling school went down and trained for a few months um, and then yeah they had their they had a, their first ever it was like a trainee event called Endeavour um, so it was basically for like all the guys that had been training at the school they'd hold this event that you know people would still come and watch and, and it was ticketed and all that um, but obviously the, everyone there was kind of like pretty amateur Um and yeah, had had my match on there. Um, only ha- only managed to have the one match actually, which is a is a shame um, because after that, I that's when I moved to um, Pirates. Not long after, so then obviously had to to relocate. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm undefeated, so not even the Undertaker can say he's undefeated <laughs> anymore. You know. And <laughs> um, what what was your wrestler's name? Wrestler's wrestling name. Crisis. Is it something you'd look but, to... But spelt differently. Yeah. <laughs> Is it something you'd look to be going back into when you were kind of retire or do you think that's past? Um, I don't know. Maybe. It's not like... I don't, I don't know if it's something that I'm necessarily planning, you know, like 
I've not got it in my my diary to to phone up Triple H when I'm done playing. But um, no, no, it'd be, it'd be cool to give it a go again. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I think maybe if I can when I retire in my late thirties and uh, see if I can maintain some size and don't just you know shrivel up due to old age, then you might be all right. I'll give it a go. It, it- if you say you're going to do it, you've got to do it and like Haskell with the UFC. All that, all, all that talk and then he just yeah. you know, sacked it off. Yeah, all, all the hype. Is like, oh yeah, I'm definitely training, training really hard down, um, down in London, you know, sparring against the best. Where's this, where's this fight then, mate? Where, where are you? Yeah. Is there anyone else in the Gloucester team you reckon will give a good go at wrestling? Ooh. Royal Rumble. <laughs> a Royal Rumble at Gloucester Rugby um, I reckon like Geordie Reed. Geordie Reed could be like um, whether you're, 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 you're wrestling or not but like the old ECW says so like back in the day before it was acquired by WWE it's like just hardcore matches so like every match just people just getting put through tables and chairs yes. around the head like Geordie Reed in a hardcore match 100% he is ridiculously hard that bloke isn't he he's mental he'll run at anything (laughs) yeah I've I've actually got a great picture which I uh, this is are you showing the video on this no ah that's a shame I got I got a great picture (laughs) of Geordie after the Ulster game um, when he cut his head open and it's just like it just epitomises him he's like he's in the change room after like big smile on his face because we've actually won a game, but he's just like half his head is like just like completely red with blood, um, and he's got a beer in hand. And I was like, yeah, this he's he's a legend. Yeah. Um, we've got and a couple from the championship. Yeah, there's another uh, one. Some of our lads has asked a few questions for you, <clears throat> ones that we can ask you. So a couple of them. Um, have you, one of them is just, have you ever been to Fever in Cheltenham? It's, Fever? Yeah, it's a cl- little club. I presume from that it's a no. Uh, no, I, I... It's got like the disco. I, I, I'm trying to think. I've been out in Cheltenham a few times. Um, but to be honest, I couldn't tell you where I've been. Because most of the time, I was uh, heavily intoxicated. Um, I've been. Where have I been? What What's the um, What's the one that you have to go underneath and there's like a mirror at the end of the wall, under the prom? Yeah, yes, I've been there. Yeah. Moo um, Moo's. Yeah. Top floor of Moo Moo's is banging. Love that. Oh, yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure about Fever. I, I'd imagine I have. But... Fever's next door to Moomoo's. That's a... The, the oh, okay, no, I haven't, no. The reason for the <laughs> no. question is that's because kind of where we get no, normally are on a Wednesday, but as well as top floor of Moomoo's as well. So yeah, top floor place. of Moomoo's is just... Oh, tr- place of dreams, honestly. <laughs> uh, another one they've asked is a, more of a rugby question about props and how tough it is to switch from tight head to loose head because there's not really anyone who does it really in the modern game anymore except yourself really yes so Peter how... Piss <laughs> fair enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Nah, it's um, uh, I'm lucky that I I did loose head. Um, I was pretty much a loose head my whole like younger stuff. Um, I only really I only actually played tight when I moved to Pirates. Um, under the the watchful eye of Alan Paver, who's a bit of a, a veteran in the champ. Um, so he he transitioned me to tight head. Um, and then every club I've been at, I've um kind of tried to keep up my techers on, on both sides. Um, although it's only mainly been in training. Um, but then obviously we've had a few kind of uh, injuries and and people being away um at Gloucester this season where it's been required that I um play it uh both sides um and it's yeah it's it's not been i haven't found the transition too hard but then like i said i i've um kind of had like experience um on both sides for a long time um but i think if you were if you were to ask especially if you ask ask a loose head to go in a tight head i think they might give you a a more stern answer (laughs) than uh than what i will um, a couple more from me before I think Charlie's got a few questions um, who has the best chat in the Gloucester team oh um, best chat I, I, I reckon Mark Atkinson is really good really good he, he, he goes for the his his banter is what I like there's a lot of there's a lot of different types of banter and a lot of the guys go for like real simple, obvious, like oh you're fat or something. It's like yeah, like, brilliant, yeah, Hell, yeah. How long did it take you to come up with that one? But like my 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 Aki is like he he he'll get he'll get you. He's good. He's good. Uh, what about the worst? Worst chat. Uh, Joe Simpson. <laughs> Joe Simpson, yeah. He's normally pretty quiet, but then like every now and again he'll try and dish out some banter and it's just like shut up, mate. Just go back in your box. Um what about like kind of the bit the best social teammate, the best one to kind of have a laugh and a drink with, if you're allowed to say that? Yeah. Um God, it's been so long. I can't even remember the last time we went out on a social. Uh, uh who would it be? I don't know. Maybe like Fraser. Fraser comes to mind. Known Fraser for quite a, a long time. Um, he was at Leicester when I was there. Um, yeah, he, he's always good fun on the piss. Got to stick with the front rows. Yeah. <laughs> front row union. And Charlie, <laughs> do you want to finish off with some questions? Because that's it from me. Yeah, I think. M- mine are on a similar vein of kind of your teammates and so we'll start with uh, best and worst dressed. Okay. Best dressed. I wish you'd teed me up for these. I really <laughs> want to give you a genuine answer. Um, no one no, no one I can think of really puts a whole lot of effort in. Um I'm gonna to have to come back to you on that one. I'm gonna keep thinking. Worst dressed, worst dressed has to be, in my opinion, it's like that. There's a group that the whole like, it breaks me. 
the whole the, all the academy guys or just like people that just graduated out of the academy uh, can you swear on this podcast yeah yeah, yeah go for it <laughs> they're just fuck boys a lot of them like they all dress in these like spray on jeans with like these like cheap ass like argos necklaces and like <laughs> tight t-shirts and it's like is literally just like straight out of what's that you know what these those stupid shows with like people got an island and love island and, like, yeah love island and like geordie shaw it's all just inspired from that it, just, it breaks me um so yeah so so worst dressed is 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 that lot um don't know about dress no one really springs to mind when i when i think best dressed everyone's okay. pretty casual we'll, we'll move on for now so um next one i've got is biggest joker and the best prank that's been done apart from yourself obviously Joe obviously Paul. yeah <laughs> um there's not actually many many practical jokes i i, I think maybe Oh, I, I'll give it to him just because it'll make his day. Freddie Clark. Freddie Clark is like, so he's like, he's basically like known as like the competition winner, right? Because he just, he's just like, no one really knows like how he got to Gloucester, what he, what he does there, but he's, he's there, you know, he, he, he collected, he collected a hundred tokens out of cornflake boxes. And now he's, he's, he's got a contract. Um, But he, he's probably the one that, like, yeah, he 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 he'll he'll spend his spare time trying to mess with you. Like, and it won't be ever. It was never anything big, you know. There's not like no one's cars are getting vandaled or anything. But like, just small things every day. And I, I'm sure I still don't know who it was, but someone was fucking with me at one point and kept moving my bag into another spot in the change room, and it like it pissed me off. I'd never let them know it, um, but yeah, every time I come back, it'd be somewhere else. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I could put money on it being Fred because he sits next to me, so you always got to watch the people that are like closer to you, you know. Um, but yeah, I'll give Fred that one. Nice. Charlie froze. I think he's frozen. I think he's. Calm. I do. Um, I don't actually have one more <laughs> one more question. Um, who's the toughest opponent you faced coming through from playing at Cambridge to playing now? Um, we played, I think this was when I was at Saints last year. When I was at Saints, we played uh, Ospreys away. And I'll never forget, uh, Alan Wynne Jones was on the other team. Mm. Bit of a name drop. But he, he was on the other team. Um, and every time I tried to carry the ball, he would just like hold me up and I'd feel so insignificant. I just felt like a little child playing against men. Like he would just like, like you've seen him do it for Wales at the time, right? You, you try and carry into him and he just like does the whole choke tackle thing. Um, and then like, so he would do that to me every time I carried. And then, pretty much like every ruck that I was in as well, I'd feel like a shot in the ribs or or like someone standing on your foot or something like after, and it would always be him. And it was like, at the time, I was like, this is so fucking annoying. But then like after the game, I was like, wow, that's like, 
this is a guy who's been like at the top of his game for a long time and like he is still just like in and amongst all the contact and just getting involved because obviously that that's something that generally drops off when you get a bit older right is yeah. you, you start avoiding that kind of stuff um but he was just like in amongst it the whole time um so yeah he, he's probably the first person that that springs to mind and i've just got a few more for you sorry um <laughs> so who is while you while charlie's sorted his connection out so who is the best and worst trainer at gloucester <laughs> best and can i say this best so. and we- <laughs> yeah, we'll right. if you word um, it nicely yeah um there he is he's on the walk um hello oh, hello hello i'm back <laughs> just to interrupt um best trainer Best tra- okay, so best trainer is clear. Billy Twelve Trees is the mm-hmm. most professional bloke you'll ever hear about. Like him and uh, to be fair, him and, and Johnny May as well. Uh, I'd put him in the mix, but obviously I've known I've known Billy for a little bit longer. Like he'll be getting his body ready, you know, like well over an hour before a training session, and he'll be in the gym, um, you know, getting the massage or rolling out or whatever for well after an hour after the session. Um, so he, he's by far the best trainer. Um, worst trainer. He's got to be the worst. I, I'm going to have to give it to a front row member. Big Val. Big Val. <laughs> it's just... Sometimes he's just like... <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. He's 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 a funny guy, but like some you can tell when he's just like had a late night, maybe one too many red wines, and it's like okay. But then he turns up on the weekend, so it's fine. Yeah. Charlie, back to you. I'm back. Um, right. So, who would you most like to be stranded? Well, not most like to be because no one wants to be stranded on a desert island. But if you had to be stranded on Desert Island, who do you think would be the best to be paired with? And who's probably the worst? Oh, okay. Worst would be Freddie. Like, <laughs> it just, he's, I'm, I'm probably just killing him day one. He's fuel from that point on. He is, he is fuel. Uh, best. Best would have to be, uh, I think it'd either be like Geordie or Lud's. Lewis Ludlow, I think one of those two, because like you just know they just do anything to survive, right? So I reckon I could just like find a coconut up a tree, sit back, relax, sip away, and they'd be like hacking down trees with their shins and building mud huts and something like that. They're just you know that's what they do. They just work hard. Um, so yeah, that'd be one of those two. And one of the final two is uh, Biggest Nores. Oh, Biggest Nores. Probably Ed Slater. Yeah, sweet. He's, he, he just just loves the line out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know it's his job, but he loves it. <laughs> um, who else is there? No, I'll let, I'll let Swede have that one. Ed Slater. <laughs> 
Final he must answer. Have, he must have loved Bristol's line-out move at the weekend, the one where they just popped it down. Be all <laughs> do, you know, do you know, like, I, so I don't watch much rugby, right? But sometimes I'll, I might just watch the occasional game, and you can guarantee there'll be like, if if there was a trick play pulled out, there'll be like a variant of it in the session, in, in like in our week. So I've seen this, so we're just gonna, you know, just move it over slightly. We'll, we'll hit him instead of him, um, and we'll we'll see how it goes on the weekend. Fantastic. <laughs> My, my final one is how do you maintain such a good beard? Oh, me, me and Sam are working on it at the moment, but not quite. Yeah, I can see. There yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually same my hair. I have I do zero maintenance. Maybe that's that's the trick. I think like no shampoo, no conditioner. Like shower is just just get it wet. That's it. Um. Just no maintenance is 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 the true maintenance. Um, that and perseverance, like because you're gonna go through phases. Like I can see, Charlie, you're you're in a phase right now where you're probably getting some stick. Like, what the hell are you trying? You just got to power parents. through it. Yeah, <laughs> really, really supportive parents who are like, "What the fuck do you yeah. look like?" Yeah, <laughs> but you just got to power through it, and and you know. Soon you'll come out looking as stunning as me, but it's 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 a long road. <laughs> Final yeah, question. I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Final question from both of us, I think. So obviously Gloucester, the when you sign for Gloucester and the new signings, there's got the milk challenge. Mm. So the question is, did you complete it? Or how close I did, did not. you get? Uh, so, do you, I, I don't. I, is the is the milk challenge even talked about, or is it just? Kind like, it's hinted at by a lot of people. Yeah, maybe this is an exclusive. Basically, it's eight pints in twenty minutes. Hmm. If you don't do it, you get your head shaved. Um, I didn't do it. I'm pretty sure the tactic, right? Because like holding down eight pints of milk is not good. You don't like, no. But I think the tactic is like you get like seven and then on like the last five seconds, because as long as all eight are in you, when the 20 minute mark hits, then you've passed. And then whatever happens after is, is whatever. Um, so yeah, I didn't manage to do it, but um, so like Charlie Beckett, do you know Charlie Beckett? Yeah. So he was at Gloucester before, came back for a bit. So he's actually done it twice. He didn't need to do it again, but he he, he gave it a go. So his tactic is to is to like is to steadily drink seven. And then when there's like a 10 second countdown, you, you just chop the last one, just like hand over mouth, nose, just hold it down. And then as soon as that 20 second, 20 minute mark hits, it all comes back up. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting sight, you know, when you've got like 10 lads all trying to do it and, Everyone's throwing up milk and then getting shaved bald at the same time. It, it's <laughs> it's a good fun. It's a good introduction to the club, anyway. Yeah. So perfect, Jamal. Thank you for chatting to us and taking time out of your evening. It's been great fun, actually. Nice little insight. So hope you've enjoyed chatting to us and That's good luck good. for the rest of the season. Enjoy your couple of weeks rest as well. Now. Perfect. Cheers. Perfect. Cheers. Cheers.
So thank you, Jamal, for joining us. And now we've got the naughty bit of the podcast. Tommy has joined the call. So Tommy, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you doing, by the way? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So do you want to get us started talking about last weekend's results? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we kicked off Friday with Bath v Wasps. A hell of a game. I hope that you guys will agree. The highest scoring games in 20 years uh, with Wasps running away with it 52-44. What did we think of that game? I think it was nice to see attacking rugby, I think. Because there was some, yeah, a dog wear as well. Mm, Serious game. Because some of the rugby recently has not been great. I think it's safe to say. But in recent weeks, but I think there was it was just a good game to watch. Like Eddie Jones is there, but I bet he wouldn't have loved the attacking. But yeah, wasps. I'm, it wasn't like wasps were better, which they were. Bath were pretty shit defensively, but so were wasps, and it made for an entertaining game for once. Yeah, well, they they said after the game that both coaches were saying how like we're really happy that the attacking game was there, but there was clearly something missing for both sides in the defense, which is. Obvious to show, but I'd much rather have a very high-scoring game than a, where the attack is winning rather than a low-scoring game where the defence is winning. I think it's yeah. a lot more entertaining to watch. It's yeah, what Wasps are looking in a really good position and very dangerous. Look, very dangerous at the moment. I overall, I think cause it's like even you say they've not got their first, you know, best fifteen out, and they've like not had a great start to the season, and they're picking up form. And they're just outscoring teams, whatever. Like, and at the start of that game, it looked like Bath were just going to kind of get away with it because they got a couple of early scores. And you're like, I'm not sure what's going to be able to cope with this. And it just happened. And it's like, you've got players like a dog roo that has come into his own and just does something out of nothing at the moment. Yeah. It was a Jack Bath- Willis slipped quite well into number eight as well. Yeah. And it's just, um, Bath bottling it again. Like, obviously, we didn't record it the week, but when they played Leicester, they should have won that game because yeah. they were in the position to. But and then you look at that starting squad. Obviously, they had they have Falatau, Priestland, um, Ben Spencer, Cam Redpath, Underhill, Watson, Joseph McConaughey. That's a better team than most like most teams in the league. They've got the be- better squad, but they're struggling like massively. And, like I don't know if that's down to Hooper. Or if it's down to the way the players are performing, because I know a lot of Bath fans think that people like Watson and Jonathan Joseph don't perform for at club level until it comes to the Six Nations time when they need to get selected again. It's like, is it if it's like an attitude problem, or is it, or is it the coaching problem? Yeah, it's probably I mean, a it's... blend of blend of both, really, in a sense that you've all obviously got a half your team for most of the year that are are away internationally, so they're not quite gelling into the way perhaps Hooper wants to play when he wants them to play that way. But then I think, I don't know, who, who, he's not the most charismatic DOR in the league, is he? In it, yeah. Well, you said hey, that. He, um, he actually has come from my local club, so you watch what you're saying. In a nice way, though, like, there's, like, he's not a bad person. Like, he's not a bad person. I'm just saying he's just boring. Yeah, <laughs> and I think... Because you've got people like Neil Hatley there as well, who's obviously England scrum coach for a certain amount of time. And you've got like coaches with the knowledge. I think they just need a bit of bit more of an edge to them to really like kickstart those players into form and get them going. Because 
like you see Hooper after the game is like, oh no, that was disappointing. It's not what we wanted or whatever. And it's kind of, you think you just want that spark and that mm. thing that makes you think you need he's going to be fucking Hunt. furious about this. And it, yeah. Anyway, like, Should we uh, carry on? So yeah. Saturday you saw Sale v Worcester, uh, which Last Friday was it Friday? Yeah. It was Friday. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Friday we saw Sale v Worcester. Uh, it was 2013 to Sale, a very different game to the Bath uh, Bath game. Uh, not anywhere near as many points scored, unfortunately. Um, what did we think of that game? I've got some opinions on this because obviously sales. I didn't my local watch club. it. I'll just say that now. <laughs> yeah, obviously sales my local club, and I obviously didn't watch it because I was watching Bath because Bath are more entertaining to watch because when they're not good, and I really like watching Wasps. But Sale with that team again, going back to like how Bath played that Sale team, we've got Curry, De Clerk, Dupree, but two of the Dupree, well one of Dupree, sorry, AJ McGinty, um, John O'Ross, Ako van der Merwe, Marlon Yard. Like again, that team is very good, and they struggle. They they struggled against Worcester, who probably are the worst team in the league quality wise. I there think. was a lack of basics for sure. Yeah, and they struggled against them, and then conceded a late try, which meant Worcester got a bonus point. Which is a cup with Steve Diamond in charge. Obviously, they were struggling at times like towards the start of the season. But a Steve Diamond-led sale team would have never let Worcester into that game to get a losing bonus point. It's just kind of like that attitude just switched off when John O'Roscoe to kind of... Because t- that did win the game. But their attitude mentally just switched off and allowed Worcester back into it, which is just a bit shit. I, I think, think they just need to like... As though I think... Being a shithouse team in rugby will only get you so far. Yeah. Like, you need to play good rugby. Like, you've got to have the skill set there. You've got to have a certain structure. And it's like, you don't really see that compared to, like, last season when they were top near the yeah. top of the table. So, it's just... It's another one that, obviously, they've had a change of management, but you think, where are they going to go? Because surely the likes of Faf, he'll think, what, what there's not much to be have not much to be done here I'll go back to South Africa or pop over yeah. to France and get some money so well not well, that he's not on <laughs> no money at sale anyway but Worcester Obviously. it was interesting that in the 80th minute they Worcester decided to kick it out when they could have got a draw out of the game yeah do we have the right decision just to kick it I out was, or do you I was a bit annoyed by that I just texted there was mixed reviews from the players yeah I texted Chicken Little about it and I was like that's the epitome of what they are as a club. They're a negative club. It's just, it's just the attitude's awful. And like, yeah, they've got the it's a negative bonus, attitude. Yeah. What have you kicked know, out, Charlie? Then... You've been a ten. What what position were they in on the field? They were they, they had the baller. They they were probably between the twenty two and ten. Their their own one. So it it would have been a tall feat, but still, is the reward of a draw worth? I don't it? know. I think. It's like, I think the example of it that's good was the Australia All Blacks game recently where it was like 16 all and it was like end to end in the last minute and they were trying, like, both sides were in, I know it's international and so it's di- slightly different with how the points work. But that was end to end, constantly going. Like the, the only time they went to kick the ball out was when Australia were in their own 
dead ball area and that she had no option. So I think Worcester just have a go because they've got some good players amongst their squad. It's just, mm. I don't know, perhaps a lack of imagination in some areas. Yeah. And I saw something today that um, someone from Worcester had to confirm that they are actually spending the salary cap. So it was J- Jason Whitting of their Just, owner. And yeah, is that, is that the article that um, Marcello posted? <clears throat> yes. My dad is in that photo. <clears throat> in oh, the director's box. Nice. I was like, oh, oh. that's nice. Well, anyway. Anyway, have we lost Tommy. Think, Where's Tommy going? Sorry, I'm back now. There he is. W- Worcester are going to struggle again next year because with Donkey Way going. Van der Merwe, though. Yeah, but he's a winger. They need a tap. True. Yeah, no. Billy, they, I know. I like Billy Searle. Billy they don't Searle's rate like, him at all. It's bad. Do they not? Nah, I don't know why. He's always been decent. I, I do think he's a good little player. And he's like, shown it a well, few times young. at Wasps. And... Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. See what happens they need a 10, essentially. Yeah. Anyway, enough about well, Wasps. The, <laughs> the, the next game was Newcastle v Gloucester. Uh, which Newcastle took that <clears throat> They're looking on quite good form at the moment. They're currently sitting second in the table. And definitely a contender for trial of the season in that game as well. Uh, yeah, what, Rad one? Yes. Where, so Gloucester, Gloucester played well, but in a, like they, they were getting right up to the, the try line. Then it was a quick turnover and he just went the length of the pitch. He outpaced Johnny May. Yeah, made a mockery of Johnny May as well, which is a bit worrying for an England point of view, but it's, I mean, it's a hell of a finish for him, for sure. Yeah. Gloucester were pretty poor again for most of that They're game. Just, I don't know what it is. They'd like it in certain parts, they were obviously good at getting in the positions to score, but they just had no real like clinical edge or ability to execute what they're trying to do. And it's like that is just a big part of the game that is missing. And then in other areas, they're quite uninspiring. It's tough to watch. Yeah, especially when I've got to write about every week and I've got to try and be honest. It's like, It's very tough. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. Like, it's kind of a bit like Bath, how they, but to a lesser extent, because Gloucester don't really have as much of the quality, but they still have a good team. They've got internationals in their back line in pretty key positions, apart from at 10 who should be doing a lot better than they are. And obviously they've got, like Bath, they've got a young coach, DOR in Skivington, who is just I do like difficult. Yeah. And I, I think Skivington has the right ideas going forward. It's obviously just getting that constant consistency yeah. within I, the team. And it's like, when like the Wasp game earlier in the season, they were shit hot. And it was like... Once it clicks, it clicks with Gloucester. against Ulster. It's just not, yeah, it's just not clicking enough. Yeah. Like Jamal I said. I quite like. I'm sorry, go on. Jamal said, like, there's no, because we trying to hint at whether the postponements has been, say, people getting the points when they shouldn't do. But he said, oh, we, we're under no illusion that we've, that, that, well, that's why we're at the bottom. We're at the bottom because we've not been good enough. And like, at least they recognize that there's something wrong. Because, well, yeah, you'd hope, you'd hope so at the professional level that they yeah. identify that it's wrong. And I'm sure that, like, I don't doubt that the work's going in. It just It's when it comes on the pitch, it just doesn't seem to click. And hopefully at some point soon, it will just, you know, click and they'll be off and away and up the table, hopefully. 
Well, Flood's yeah. looking good at 12 for Newcastle. On, on the flip side, Newcastle near the top of the table. That off one was unreal. That catch yeah. was unreal. He's, he's pulling, some, pulling some serious strings in the team and, and actually just playing really well at 12 as well, despite... The thir- what is he, 36? No. Maybe 30, 34, 36? He's old. So he's, he's turned, old. turned into Jimmy Gopeth. He's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, they've just been quite fun to watch and like... I'm pretty sure, I mean, Charlie said this, not when we were recording, but at some point recently, that it's going to be tough to go up there and get a result. Like, they're yeah. going to be a tough team to beat at home. I think he, whoever you are going up there, especially when it's cold and miserable, it's just going to be hard to play and get a decent result because that is like a tough place to go. It's gritty. You have to grind out a win. And Newcastle have got that. Ability, and I don't think many teams going up there will actually win the season. Maybe the likes of Exeter, Bristol, Wasps might get something, but I think most teams will struggle. They're definitely yeah. identifying themselves as good contenders this week. I don't know about a top four. I don't. It's just whether they can keep going like this. Yeah. Uh, but 100 top half of the table, I, I back them completely to do that. Yeah, I, I think they've got an outside chance. It's like. A few seasons ago when they got top four, no one gave them a chance. They went on a good run of form. You're like, can they keep this up compared to the quality of the rest of the league? And you thought, no. But then, obviously, they managed to do it and they've still got Dean Richards in charge. Yeah, I was going to say, their coaching setup is very good because they've got Richards, Nick East is there doing really well. Like It's a nice blend. I think that that's the thing that kind of we're trying to comment on with like Bath and Stuart Hooper that I feel Newcastle setup complements certain things, and I think perhaps Bath's maybe isn't quite at that point yet. But obviously Dean Rich has been there for ages, so it's a bit of a legend, isn't and, really? and he's and he's very hard, and so miserable as well anything. at times. In a, in a nice just, way, in a nice way. He's perfect for Newcastle. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to cross him. No, not at all. Like Tom Bradshaw, our lecturer on our course, who asked, a, asked him a very long, confusing question in the Newcastle-Gloucester game two seasons ago or something like that. Were you there and for that one? Just, yeah, and I stood next to Bradshaw and he just got absolutely shot down. He was like, I'm not sure what you're even trying to ask me there, mate. What are you doing? Do you, have you done this before? I'm like, so this is the bloke that we're paying nine grand a year to learn from and he's being absolutely slated in front of me I, I anyway. hope he's not listening to this yeah but uh, yeah. should we go to that's just Dean Richards I don't blame Bradshaw yeah. <laughs> so the last game of the weekend was actually sorry second to last game X to v Bristol uh, so obviously X to lost that game 20 yes, to did. 7 I mean there's a there's a lot of things that I could say as to why, uh, but simply enough in a humble way, Chiefs weren't good enough. Our basics were not there, uh, and for a team like Exeter that thrives on paying those basics, keeping the ball, it was a shame to see. Really, to be honest, uh, I do think that the ref played a big role in it. I think there was a couple of things that game that could 100% have swung it maybe another way. But Bristol, at the end of the day, they, they were the better team of the night. They deserved the win, fair play. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be humble as well about it. Um, I think the big difference with Bristol was the defence. Like, there was an obvious step up from... That's where Bristol have been criticised, is defensively. But 
the defensive effort for most of that game was immense. Like Joe Joyce and Dave Atwood in the second row made a silly amount of tackles and, and without missing him and just putting so much effort into it. And considering how good Exeter have been at home, Bristol have gone there two years in a row and won there two years in a row. Yeah, last year's, oh my God, my head lost from last year. It's still, <laughs> still ringing in my head, to be honest. And that, um, the catch and drive line-up move, I, I love that. Not the one, I the mean, if down. we're going to really get into that, Sinclair and Warmore were offside. They were started in front of Hughes, but no, I'm not told about it. It's fine, I'm not going to get into it. And, and Harry Randall getting a try from nine and the catch, catch and drive is always good. Also, we may as well talk about Harry Randall. Because he's quite good. He is looking good. He's, he's very good. He's young very as well. Good. His shorts are way too big, I think. Just uh, he's also just observation. Um, I was listening to their podcast, the Bristol Bears podcast, and he was on it this week with Sheedy, and he backs himself as the hardest bloke at the club, and that's such a nine thing, like yeah, a small little scrum off being a cocky little bastard. But you can kind of you can see it though, I think, with him. But I think with Bristol. Yeah. It was a bit of a statement win. Like you, you don't I always think it was as big a statement as it, as people were making out. To be honest, I think extra in the mud, absolute crisis. Baxter Sa- out really. And so yeah, Sackbox, Sackbox, Baxter. <laughs> Back, Baxter out. So two two losses in a row. Is that, it's the first time that. Chiefs, I don't know what year it is, but the first time that Chiefs haven't got a point from home in however... It was 2017, I think. It was against Saracens. But it's bizarre to to watch the last two Chiefs games because it's like the teams that have played against them have played the way X to play against teams normally. Like They've just been bullied up front in the key areas and it's... We're we're missing... You would have... You would have thought it'd be more addressed than perhaps it was after the Wasp game. I'm sure it did, but it just didn't seem to appear that way. Is it not? We're missing it a few players. We're missing yeah. a few players, but we've had that in previous years as well. So, like, it's interesting now that it's actually affecting us. Um, there's at least six first choice players missing, but still, like I said, we've had that when on England when England going away for a few injuries. Like Noel, how is he? When is he ever really river with us for a long time? But we always seem to cope. So it's just interesting to see what's going on at the moment. But Baxter said after the game about how he's going to talk to the boys and say like, coming off the back of last season, they're waiting for a big game, and he he doesn't understand what's going on like with their mindset. So he's, he's I think he's trying to play quite a lot on the psychological side. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a shit comment. Take because, like, you shouldn't. I can see where he's coming from, like saying, Oh, they've been so used to these highs, and that playing a game, just a normal game, isn't going to reach that high. But against Wasps and Bristol, as much as people would try and argue against it, they're the Chiefs' biggest contenders this year. And well, that's what you, he said. He, he, if he you said can't Bristol's hype yourself up, should have been, uh, been that game. Would you be worried as a Chiefs fan? Would you are you worried that you've lost two games? in a row against two of the teams that your rivals in the league? Genuinely not at all. I'm not at all worried. If we continue like this for another few weeks, then I'll start to get a bit of squeaky bum time. But at the moment, I, I'm not bothered, to be honest. It's the uh, I hope we can pick up for the uh, European Cup if we Happens. can do that again. <laughs> uh, well, we may as well talk about that quickly. 
That's like, probably the kick you need, actually. Like, obviously, it's not a big, on, but, big like, European game. The rumours of it is that they're going to put the whole, they're going to redo the tournament a little bit and have the top. So it's the pool of 12 at the moment, and it would have been the top four from each pool go into the, into the next round. But instead, they're doing it at the top eight, I think. Yeah, I think, isn't that because of a few yeah. teams being a bit drafted by COVID? Yeah, but uh, you never know what's going to happen with it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with, with this season; it's all just taking it as it comes, isn't it? Yeah. Hopefully, it will finish. You, you just know that if someone other than Chiefs will win, there'll be calls from Chiefs fans saying, "Oh, it's a tainted title." Yeah, well, Wasps are going to win it, aren't they? Se- second <laughs> in the table, mate, behind Leinster, and we know Leinster are just you know get to a big game against an English team, they crumble. Yeah. But like, I think X would have to go if in this new revamp stuff, X would have to go away to some team in France. But yeah. Anyway. But we, we've proved ourselves going away to teams in France before and yeah. we will do it again. Right. What what was the last game? Uh so Harlequins v London Irish was the last game, which finished as a draw. Is that the first draw of the season? Yes. Uh yeah, go with it. London Irish got lucky to come back. I think they were two scores down in the yeah, last um, 10 minutes. Yeah, they scored twice near the end. So that that's a, it's, I think it's a good score for London Irish. Harlequin's been looking pretty pretty good to average at the moment. So I think they'll be quite upset with a draw, to be honest. Especially They're another ahead. weird team. Charlie, you've been bigging them up. Yeah, it's since I made that comment a few weeks ago saying they were going to get top four, they've gone slightly downhill on their performances. Um, <laughs> But no, I I think they yeah they like the performances they did put in were class start of the season and that kind of form is what you want if you're pushing for top four the way they were playing it's like against Gloucester they went down to fourteen and they still scored three more tries it's like they I think they're another side that have that nasty edge to them in a sense because obviously you've got Paul Gustard who's quite a Hard bastard. Not confrontational, yeah. He's a he's a hard bastard. So it's like, and then you mix that in with like the genius of Marcus Smith, and it's like it, mm. it comes good on quite a few occasions. But then it's just the defense thing, really, in some ways. Yeah. Which is weird because Gustard was defense coach for England. So yeah. I think that's one one area they had sorted. There's lots of rumors sure coming out of Quinns though. This, this week I don't know if you've seen Charlie about this stuff about Ashton's apparently off and Mike Brown as well to Newcastle mm. and apparently Joe Marler also wants to be at leave as well and like that's obviously Ashton's not been there long but Marler and Brown are kind of like a core of that team at times and it's like you wonder if there's something going on there Marler did yeah. play very well on the weekend as well yeah exactly. you think like you see England, like former England players, Premiership in the Premiership, and like you assume that they will be able to perform like as long as they can at that level. And it's like you've seen it with a few. Who's the example I'm trying to think of? I don't know, just like like an example of Toby Flood, like played for England years ago. He's 35 and he's still doing it at the top level. And like Brown is still that player that is very key to Quinns and I think yeah does seem a bit dodgy also before we, is that everything for the this week Tommy 
Well, I'll, I'll quickly just say, so Northampton and uh, Leicester were supposed to play, but they had to stop on medical, no, COVID grounds. So that it was Saints, wasn't it? That got the, yeah. had the cases. I thought so. Yeah, it's weird that we talked about it a bit earlier about with Jamal about what you can do with it, and there's just not much you can do. You, you're just, at the mercy of COVID, really, aren't you? And then you've got to hope that you've got the depth in players to play the week after or two weeks after. Yeah, like Brist, Bristol did it with they just changed the full front row, and it kind of worked. But uh, so you're going to do the quiz, Charlie? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> right, I've got five like questions. Down. One minute. I'm currently winning 3-2, but that's just because I've had an extra round. Yeah, game's in hand, mate. Game's in hand. Yeah. Um, right, okay, question one. Josiah Rasuki, the Fijian fella, was sent off over the weekend for lifting up a referee in France. But what was the name of the team that he played for? Oh, Jesus. Um... I don't know. Um, does it start with a no? No. No, okay. Um, right, we'll go with POW, or what they're called, PO, POW. No, no it's Bezier. Yeah. Anyway, nice. what an engaging question. <laughs> um, who scored, question two, who scored a try on his 100th appearance for London Irish over the weekend? Mate, the weekend was a long time ago. <laughs> London Irish. Who's old? 100 appearances. Is he yeah. an old player? Nah. Not massively. No. Okay. Um, I just can't think of London Irish players. All I can think of is Peter Stringer, and he's retired. Um, I'm going to just. Like Ollie Hassel Collins. No. Um you're close yeah. to Ollie. It's Ollie Hoskins. Oh. Yeah. You're close. It's a good, good start. Um, this has gone downhill. <laughs> question three, you should get this. Obviously, Sam Simmons is the league's top scorer currently. Who is second on the try scorer charts? Second. Um I really, I'm not on it today. I just don't. Second, who's, who's scored a lot of tries? Oh, no. Right, we'll go with it. I'm not sure it's right, but Tom Cruise. Close, it's Paolo Adogu. I was going to say him. <laughs> I was like, because I was thinking of the Bath game the other day. It was like, he scored one try, but then it was the other yeah. one that he got a lot of praise for. Like he do, he creates a lot of tries, but I wasn't sure mm. how many he'd scored. Yeah. <sighs> Question four. <laughs> this is going well for you, Charlie. Um, yeah. Which team has conceded the most penalties so far this season? That would be... Um, By the way, this is according to the Premiership Rugby website. According to the Premiership Rugby website, penalties. Sale? Yes. 76. Yes. The, 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 the next team on it is Chiefs with 79. Not 79, 69, sorry. So, 
<laughs> Carry on. Fucking <laughs> hell. Finally, um, in the past, tw- obviously, Newcastle doing really well at the moment, the second or third book is whatever. Um, they're doing really well. But in the past 20 seasons, what is the highest position a promoted team has finished? Like in the league at the end of the season, and you can get a bonus point if you if you guess who it is. I reckon it is. Well, it's got to be above fourth, surely, because did Newcastle get promoted and then finish fourth? I think. So we'll say second. Well. You would have been wrong if you'd said four. It's the seventh because Newcastle weren't relegated, promoted that year. They were in because oh. it was someone else. I think it might have been Worcester who were promoted that year. Oh, well, that was a disappointing. It, it, was, it was it was Quinns in two thousand and six. Seventh. Oh. I did some research for that question. Well but, done. I think if we put a disclaimer at the start of this episode, say like stop listening. After Jamal, then that's probably it, for the I think best. I'm pretty sure I did say that as well. After you that's slagged off Tommy, which was nice. I didn't slag off Tommy. She did. Anyway, Tommy, thank you for joining us again. Um, we won't be able to be back in the studio for a little bit until the end of the month, but we will probably be doing an episode next week, hopefully. We might be talking about the Lions with Ewan, Ooh. which will be fun. But yeah, um, thank you all for listening. And also, I forgot to say this last week. Mick, can you please all like the podcast on Apple Podcasts and rate it? Because it gets us higher in those charts, which would be nice. But yeah, thank you all for listening. And thank you, both of you, for joining us yet again. Cheers. Bye.